Greetings, you're listening to podcast number 133 of Blast the Right. I'm your host, Jack Clark. Great to have you on board. Today, you're going to hear a way to blast the right that'll really hurt them, convincing undecideds to vote for Obama, thus defeating McCain and the right-wing agenda he represents. I'll present the top 10 reasons undecideds should go with Obama. Make sure to stick around for the closing comments where I'll tell you how you can engage in this process of persuasion of undecideds without leaving the comfort of your own home. Let's get right into it. Sources you'll hear include the New York Times, the Washington Post, the websites of Barack Obama and John McCain, AFLCIO.org, Reuters, the Wall Street Journal, CommonDreams.org, ThinkProgress.org, Yahoo News, and CNN. Usually on Blast the Right, you hear me condemn right-wing ideology and policies. Not only the theory, but the negative effect of right-wing rule on flesh-and-blood humans. Then the idea is, you use the information to win the water cooler wars, to blast the right. With just about a month to go before the election, arguing with right-wingers isn't the most productive use of your time now, I don't think. This presidential election could well be razor-tight. The polls consistently indicate that 4-8% to of the electorate says they're undecided. And what really struck me, up to a total of 18% say they could still change their mind. In other words, they're persuadable. The undecideds and persuadables aren't guided by ideology or party loyalty, or else they already would have firmly settled on a candidate. So in this podcast, I'm going to set out 10 reasons undecideds and persuadables should choose Obama. Hopefully, in a way, undecideds and persuadables will find convincing. A bit softer than my usual style. Remember, in addition to the audio of this show, there's a transcript available on the Blast the Right homepage, in case you want to send all or part of it to an undecided voter you know. Okay, I'm going to start off with the broadest issues and then work my way down to more specific areas of concern. Reason number one has to do with the overarching question, what's the proper role of government? Ronald Reagan famously declared, I've always felt the nine most terrifying words in the English language are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Government is the enemy. Grover Norquist is a longtime Republican strategy guru, a Reaganite. He said the right-wing goal is to shrink government down to the size where you can drown it in the bathtub. One way to do that is, in his terminology, to starve the beast. Drastically cutting taxes and running up huge deficits are two ways the right-wing works to starve the government. To deny government the revenue it needs to function, except for functions like the Defense Department. Government as a leveler of the playing field? As a positive force for good? As a provider of a safety net for our fellow citizens who have fallen? Forget about it! Present-day head cheerleader for the Reagan Revolution, Rush Limbaugh, has no shame in boasting, Roosevelt is dead! His policies may live on, but we're in the process of doing something about that as well. Roosevelt's entire New Deal and its later offspring 
Social Security, Medicare, Student Loans, the Environmental Protection Agency, all that kind of government activity the Reagan Revolution wants to destroy. What's all this got to do with McCain? McCain is no moderate, as many people mistakenly think. John McCain often proudly says that he began his political career as a foot soldier in the Reagan Revolution. And there he remains, as you'll see. If you're undecided or not sure who you're going to vote for, please ask yourself, do you want to continue the process of destroying the New Deal, destroying Social Security and all the other important programs that help the average citizen like yourself? If so, McCain would be your choice because that's the direction he take the country. If not, if you believe in a positive government role to assist the average citizen level the playing field, vote for Obama. Now, let's get into some details. As you'll see, much of what follows flows from this anti-government, government is not capable of being, shouldn't be a force for good philosophy. It permeates McCain's positions. So reason number two to support Obama is the all-important Supreme Court. Among other things, it decides which laws are constitutional, which aren't. The Supreme Court, to quote one legal scholar, currently sits on a knife's edge. There's a four-to-four liberal-conservative split with Justice Anthony Kennedy a swing vote. The next president will replace two, possibly three, Supreme Court justices. John McCain states, right on his website, that he would appoint more justices like Samuel Alito and John Roberts, ultra-conservatives, Reagan Revolution types. A President McCain could produce a 6-3 or even 7-2 solidly right-wing court. Why is that dangerous? A McCain right-wing Supreme Court would use its power to further the anti-government agenda of the Reagan Revolution. It'll do so by interpreting the Constitution in a way that severely curtails the power of the federal government. Quote, Mr. McCain's justices are likely to join the conservative crusade against the power of Congress. They could be expected to strike down or sharply limit federal power to protect clean air and water, ensure food and drug safety, safeguard workers, and prohibit discrimination against women and minorities. They would also likely further erode the separation between church and state, close quote. And of course, there's a woman's right to choose. That's a whole separate reason up next. Hillary Clinton, in her speech to the Democratic Convention, said the Supreme Court was already in a right-wing headlock. A President McCain would make things even worse. A President Obama, on the other hand, would appoint justices who would allow the federal government to play a positive role in our national life. Reason number three, as I just said, is the very fate of a woman's right to choose reproductive choice. Literally written on his website, John McCain states that Roe v. Wade should be overturned. Surprised? Some people think McCain is pro-choice. He doesn't go around trumpeting his anti-choice position but that's where he firmly stands. And McCain will appoint justices who will, quote, lead the charge to eliminate the right to abortion, close quote. To safeguard a woman's right to choose, it's President Obama you want to see elected. Up next, how Obama and McCain compare on economic issues.
Stick around. You came from the old razzle-dazzle. You razzle-dazzled them. You gave them an act with lots of flash in it. Made them believe you were compassionate. Gave them the old hocus-pocus. You misdirected them. With 9-11 and Saddam Hussein. You played them both right to perfection. Despite the fact. There's no connection. You razzle dazzled them. Let those blue states complain. If this were a dictatorship, it'd be a heck of a lot easier. <laughs> Just so long as I'm the dictator. <laughs> you gave them the old stay the course. I'm your man. Why? Welcome back. The fourth reason to support Obama is taxes. Nearly two thirds of Americans think the rich pay too little in taxes. McCain should definitely not be their candidate. McCain wants to make the system even more unfair. He'd continue Bush's tax cuts, which disproportionately favor the wealthy. McCain would actually be even worse than Bush and reduce taxes on the rich even further. Obama stands in direct contrast. He's for a more fair tax system. We're all in this together, one country, and the rich should pay their fair share. Obama's tax plan would increase taxes on the richest 3 to 5 percent of Americans, those who make more than $200,000 filing singly, $250,000 a year married. The vast majority of working Americans would enjoy a tax reduction in the form of a credit against their payroll taxes. Also very important, Obama, unlike McCain, would retain the estate tax. Right-wingers call the estate tax the death tax. That's a deliberately misleading name. Everyone dies, but less than 1% of Americans wind up paying an estate tax. That's because it only applies if you leave millions behind. That's why it's called an estate tax. Choosing Obama means tax fairness. McCain, fairness only for the wealthy. Continuing on with the theme of economic fairness, you have the federal minimum wage law, reason number five. The minimum wage law has proven to be one of the most effective means to enable the working poor to lift themselves out of poverty and into the working class. The effect of the minimum wage also ripples upwards a few steps of the economic ladder, increasing wages there as well. Most Americans recognize the bedrock morality of establishing a floor on how low wages can go. Strong majorities consistently support raising the minimum wage when it falls behind inflation. But McCain and the Republicans have been no friends to the minimum wage, to say the least. Right-wing ideology would prefer to have no minimum wage laws at all. Such laws are, in the conservative view, an unwarranted intrusion on the marketplace. Republicans vehemently opposed the first minimum wage law passed during the New Deal. Like all of Roosevelt's policies that Limbaugh wants to kill, the minimum wage is constantly under attack by Republicans in Congress. For 10 years while in control of Congress, Republicans refused to raise the minimum wage. According to the AFL-CIO, in 2007, McCain voted for a measure that would have repealed minimum wage laws in at least 45 states. 
Other times, McCain has only agreed to support an increase in the minimum wage when provisions were included to weaken enforcement of the law. On the other hand, raising the minimum wage was one of the first goals that Democrats accomplished in their first hundred days in control of Congress in 2007. Obama continues in that tradition of supporting this crucial piece of New Deal legislation. Obama's plan would increase the minimum wage to $9.50 an hour by 2011. Critically, he would index it to inflation so that in the future increases would be automatic and couldn't easily be blocked by hostile Republicans like John McCain. Reason number six is related. If minimum wage laws lift workers out of poverty and into the working class, then unions are one of the main vehicles that allow Americans to leap out of the working class and enjoy a middle class level of comfort. Unions fight for and have achieved higher wages, increased benefits, and improved working conditions for Americans across the nation. Unfortunately, these days you may intuitively feel that the rich are getting richer and everyone else is getting poorer. You're correct. Income inequality is at its greatest level since the Great Depression. Since 1980, the richest 1% of Americans have increased their share of the national income nearly threefold, from 8% to 22%. One reason for this growing inequality is the successful 27-year campaign against labor unions by the Reagan Revolution, which John McCain brags he's a foot soldier in. George W. Bush appointed anti-labor ideologues to head the Labor Department and staff the National Labor Relations Board. There's now a $4 billion union-busting industry. John McCain is no moderate here either, but a good Reagan Revolution foot soldier. Labor's main goal in recent years has been to pass the Employee Free Choice Act. It would prevent employers from intimidating workers when they're deciding whether to form a union or not. John McCain voted against the Employee Free Choice Act. In fact, you should know that McCain has a 17% lifetime AFL-CIO rating. If you want fairness in the labor market and a strong middle class, you'll want to support Obama. He's a sponsor of the Employee Free Choice Act. Obama has a 98% favorable voting record with the AFL-CIO. That's why harshly, anti-union Walmart warned all its managers recently against a Democratic victory. McCain 17%, Obama 98%. Who's on the side of the working man and woman? On the side of fairness in our society. Okay, reason number seven to support Obama is health care. Tens of millions of Americans lack health insurance. Tens of millions more have insurance, but it's inadequate. The government estimates that lack of health insurance kills 18,000 Americans every year because of late diagnosis or inadequate treatment. You may be one of the vast majority of Americans who believes the government should guarantee health care for all citizens. Barack Obama agrees, but John McCain doesn't. McCain's health care plan might actually make things worse. It's actually somewhat similar to George Bush's roundly rejected health care scheme. McCain would force workers to pay taxes on the estimated value of the health care coverage provided by their employers. That's expected to lead many employers to drop health care benefits.
A recent study estimates 20 million Americans would lose employer coverage under McCain's plan. McCain would then offer individuals a tax credit of $2,500, families $5,000, to secure insurance in the private market. How absurd. Insurance costs far more than that, over twice as much. Even worse, if you're already sick, insurers can deny coverage. McCain proposes a high-risk pool to cover those denied, but doesn't provide adequate funding for it. McCain's plan is a disaster. The study says it will, quote, almost certainly increase family costs for medical care, close quote. Bob Herbert wrote in the New York Times, quote, This entire McCain health insurance transformation is right out of the right-wing Republicans' ideological playbook. Fewer regulations, let the market decide, and send unsophisticated consumers into the crucible alone, close quote. On the other hand, Obama's plan just builds on the current system. It essentially sets up a Medicare-type plan, publicly run, that anyone, employer or individual, can buy into. But if you're happy with your current insurance, you can keep that. Subsidies would be available to make sure low- and moderate-income families can afford insurance. The plan details how the subsidies would be funded. Remember, when it came time last year to vote on providing millions of children health care, Obama voted yes, but McCain voted no. That's a good indication of what the effect would be of their respective overall health care plans. Stay tuned to hear the remaining top 10 reasons and a summary comparison of Obama's America versus McCain's America. Your one-minute voting report. We've had high visibility in iTunes, so we added over 1,000 subscribers in the last two months. Tons of additional people will be going to iTunes to find podcasts to listen to as the election approaches. So, if you haven't yet written a five-star review for Blast the Right in the iTunes Music Store, it would be great if you could do so. You only have to do it once, it stays up there forever. And you'll be countering those right-wing one-star sabotage reviews. Over at Podcast Alley, we finish September at number 7. Voting starts anew there every month, so if you haven't already done so, your vote there would be much appreciated as well. Thanks. P.S. Remember that I have some presidential election information for you in my closing comments to this show. Your eighth reason to prefer Obama over McCain involves another New Deal legacy that right-wingers and McCain are hostile to. I'm talking about the federal regulatory agencies. Do you recall in the past year or so the stories about antifreeze and toothpaste, poison in the drug heparin, lead paint-covered toys? Such problems result when the Starve the Beast strategy is used. The federal agencies designed to protect Americans, like the Food and Drug Administration and the Consumer Product Safety Commission, are systematically underfunded and shrunk down by right-wingers in Congress. Remember, these agencies have to be drowned in the bathtub as part of the Reagan revolution that McCain's a proud member of. Oh, and all this anti-regulatory fervor includes the financial system. 
lack of adequate regulations, and enforcement of existing regulations are major causes of the present-day financial crisis. McCain has, quote, consistently characterized himself as fundamentally a deregulator, and he has no history prior to the presidential campaign of advocating steps to tighten standards on investment firms, close quote. Our financial market approach should include encouraging increased capital in financial institutions by removing regulatory, accounting, and tax impediments to raising capital. I am uh, less government, less regulation, lower taxes. We need less government. We need less regulation. Even after the present-day crisis developed, McCain has no regrets, as he told the program 60 Minutes. In 1999, you were one of the senators who helped pass deregulation mm -hmm. of Wall Street. Do you regret that now? No, I think the deregulation was probably helpful to the growth of our economy. Obama, on the other hand, understands that proper regulation of the financial markets is critical for the health of those markets and the economy as a whole. We're also going to have to look at how is it that we shredded so many regulations we did not set up a 21st century regulatory framework to deal with these problems and that in part has to do with an economic philosophy that says that regulation is always bad. The next to last reason to support Obama builds on all the prior ones. As you've seen, the best policies in the areas I spoke about are democratic policies. Regardless of who's elected, the Democrats will control Congress and can pass good legislation to help the average American. But if McCain is president, he can veto those bills. It'll then take a two-thirds majority in each house to override McCain's veto. And that's very difficult to achieve. So having a President Obama will ensure that good legislation actually gets signed into law. The final reason I'll suggest that Obama is a far better choice than McCain involves the ultimate issue, war and peace. After the Iraq disaster, one would expect prudence and caution from a leader. But listen to McCain in January at a town hall meeting. It's a tough war we're in. It's not going to be over right away. There's going to be other wars. I'm sorry to tell you, there's going to be other wars. McCain didn't say we may have another war, singular, or even that we may have more wars, plural. No, he's certain that there will be other wars, plural. I wonder which countries he already has in mind. Does McCain even take war seriously? Apparently not. That old, uh, that old Beach Boys song, Bomberan. <laughs> bom, 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 bom. <laughs> the psychology of McCain here is scary. Can you in your wildest nightmares imagine Obama having such a cavalier attitude? You should know that McCain's top foreign policy advisor, Randy Schooneman, was a director of the right-wing advocacy group that was calling for an invasion of Iraq long before 9-11. If you're concerned about McCain's cavalier attitude towards war, his almost warmongering persona, you're not alone. A recent poll found that 63% of the American public was worried that, when problems arise with other countries, McCain will be too quick to take military action. War and peace. Obama's the best bet here as well. Okay, you've heard a lot in my whirlwind tour. Let me quickly paint you a summary picture. McCain's America versus Obama's America. 
In McCain's America, from the president on down, it's assumed government should be diminished in size and influence at all costs. The Supreme Court will be all too happy to go along with that view, striking down laws enacted by Congress to help the average American. Abortion will be made illegal. Taxes on the wealthy will continue to be reduced, leaving the rest of us to increasingly shoulder the burden. The minimum wage will stagnate, sending more and more workers into poverty. Anti-union efforts will proceed apace, further weakening the American middle class. Tens of millions of Americans will remain without adequate health care, and that problem will get worse. Federal regulatory agencies will fail to protect our food, drugs, consumer products, air and water, not to mention our financial system. And, in President McCain's own words, there will be other wars. Now, please envision this reality. In Obama's America, from the president on down, there will be an understanding that the government has a positive role to play, that duly elected representatives can and should enact measures to help and protect the public. The Supreme Court will decide cases with such an understanding of the Constitution as well. A woman's right to choose will be protected. The tax system will be fixed so that the wealthy pay their fair share, lessening the burden on everyone else. The minimum wage will be raised and millions escape poverty. Unions will be supported by the government, not attacked, and the middle class will grow. A national health care plan will ensure that every American has adequate medical care. Federal regulatory agencies will do a better job in protecting our food, drugs, consumer products, air and water. The financial system will be adequately monitored, our economy safeguarded. And President Obama will protect our nation by relegating war to an absolute last resort. Which America do you want? Well, that'll about wrap it up for today. If you like what you heard, please tell a friend about Blast the Right, vote for Blast the Right at Podcast Alley, and of course, write a five-star review for Blast the Right in the iTunes Music Store. A special shout-out to you if you're listening on Live 365 or RedDragon365.com. Great to have you on board. Why don't you consider coming over to the podcast homepage, subscribing for free, and then you can download and listen to any episode of the podcast anytime you want. You get to the podcast homepage by typing Blast the Right into Google, and I'm the first result. As you just heard on this week's show, I think the best expenditure of our time at this point isn't debating right-wingers, but engaging undecided voters and convincing them to vote for Obama. As you probably know, Karl Rove's lieutenants are running McCain's campaign, neocons galore, including a PNAC director, constitute his foreign policy advisors, and a proponent of extreme right-wing economics, Senator Phil Graham, has long been McCain's chief economic advisor. So that lets you see what economic path McCain wants to lead us down. Defeating McCain will be a major blow to the right. The Obama website has a great tool that gives you a list of undecided voters you can call from the comfort of your home. It would be really gratifying to me if you could use the info you've garnered from Blast the Right to convince undecided voters to vote for Obama. The Obama campaign also provides a sample script. To find this program, you can Google Obama Neighbor to Neighbor, and the page with this program is one of the first results. Also, you want to make sure you're registered to vote. Even if you think you are, Republican dirty tricks could have thrown you off the rolls. Here's a site that lets you double-check that your registration is still valid. I checked, and mine still is, I'm happy to say. You can also register to vote there. It's VoteForChange.com. VoteForChange.com. 
I put links to both sites on the podcast homepage. Thank you, Richard from Illinois and Ellen from Kansas City, for help with this week's show. Music credits. The break music was The Schnee Speaks by KG House, The Blaster Right Alternate Theme by Nye's Music, Not the One Blues by Bernshee Thornside, and You Razzle Dazzled Them by Bill Jacobs. We'll close on a lighter note with a little bit of Clinton is to Blamo by The Freedom Toast. Links to all the music I play on Blast the Right can be found on my music resources page. Links to all the statistics and quotations I use are on the data resources page. Both of them are linked to off the main podcast homepage. I'm also posting transcripts of each show, which you can also find on the podcast homepage. Special thanks to radio talk show host extraordinaire Tom Hartman for the Rush Limbaugh and Ronald Reagan audio clips. Your email continues to be most excellent. Keep it coming. You can write to me, rational at roadrunner.com. You can also leave a comment for me to play on Blast the Right. Just dial 310-933-5891 and leave your message. You can also leave a message on Skype. My Skype name is Jack from Blast the Right. So, until next time, I'll sign off and say I love you all including all you right-wing misguided souls. (laughs) 